Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Nehemiah chapter number six tonight. Nehemiah chapter number six. And uh, I want to read a few of these first verses to you and uh, give you a little thought tonight out of Nehemiah chapter number. You know, the Bible is inexhaustible. Yeah, man, it don't matter where you turn or how many times you've turned there. I promise you, you'll always find something in the word of the Lord. Amen. I seen something in Nehemiah today that I've never saw and I'll show it to you before I get done preaching tonight. I'm sure you've probably saw it, but I've never saw it before. Let's stand in honor in reverence to the reading of God's word. Nehemiah chapter number six, the Bible said this um, in verse number one. Now it came to pass when Samballot and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Samballot and Gershon sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. He said, they sent unto me four times, they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. He did not change any of those times. As a matter of fact, we can read on when they come to him the fifth time and we find out that he never changes. He stays the chorus that God has for his life. Here's what I want to preach to you on for a little while out of these first four verses tonight. Beware of distractions. Beware of the distractions. There's going to be some people that comes along the way that tries to distract you and get you out of God's will. Now I want to say something tonight. Never settle for second best in your life. Yeah, man, never settle for second best in your life. God has the best for you. Young people, God has the best for you in marriage. God has the best for you in a job. God has the best for you in serving Him. Beware of distractions. Now, Father, I love you. I pray over the next few minutes, God, that you'd illuminate our mind, God, and that you would preach us in power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray that if there's anybody here lost, that you would save them tonight, God. Father, Lord, may we get our mind focused on you for just a little while and we'll give you glory for it in Jesus' name, that name that's above every name we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Beware of the distractions. We know I'm not going to take a great deal of time because I preached out of the book of Nehemiah so much, but when we come to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is the king's cup bearer. It's who he is. 
says. Nehemiah's not a preacher. Nehemiah's not a quote-unquote deacon. Nehemiah's not a quote-unquote missionary. Nehemiah is the king's cupbearer. He's doing what he is sent to do. He's taking care of the king. But there's a mission comes to him. They come to him and tell him about the walls of Jerusalem being torn down. And Nehemiah gets a burden about that. He gets upset over that. And Nehemiah decides, hey man, I've got to do something for my home country. And Nehemiah begins this great task of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. When we come to chapter number 6, Nehemiah has already met uh, um, obstacles and others coming against him, uh, trying to keep him from accomplishing what God uh, had sent him to do. However, Nehemiah up to this point has stayed at the chorus uh, in rebuilding the walls. Chapter number 6, they come up against him again. Uh, matter of fact, four and five different times, back to back to back to back to back, uh, trying to to distract him. Hear me and hear me well tonight. Once you're saved and you began to serve the Lord, uh, the devil is going to do his dead level's best uh, to distract you uh, in the service of God. Now when I say in the service of God, I'm talking to everybody. I'm just not talking to the preacher. I'm not just talking to a Sunday school teacher. We're all in uh, the service of God. Each and every one of us. Uh, and he's going to do his dead level best to distract us in that. They come up to him and they try to get him uh, to come out and meet with them uh, in the plain of Ono. He doesn't do that and uh, so they come against him again uh, and again. Can I say this to you? When the devil can't defeat us as a roaring lion, uh, he will try to approach us uh, as an angel of light. Boy, the devil can make everything look just right. Uh, he can make everything look great. Uh, and you may say, well, he'll never fool me. Well, he fooled Adam and Eve in the garden uh, and he fooled a whole bunch of angels in heaven and took them out of heaven with him uh, uh, when God kicked him out. The devil would do everything in his power to distract us. I read this illustration. I found it interesting. It said a man uh, was bear hunting in Alaska. He was so cold uh, and, what he, and he couldn't get his mind uh, off of wanting a fur coat so that he could get warm. It ended up consuming his mind. That's all that he wanted. He wanted to bag his game and get out of there so he could make a fur coat. Then he saw his prey in a distance coming right towards him. He got the bear in his sight and was about to pull the trigger when the bear spoke up and said, Wait, can we talk about this? The man said, I guess it won't hurt. The bear and the man began to talk, and the bear said this, All I want is a nice meal, and all you want is a fur coat. Thanks for taking time to talk with me. Now we'll both get what we want. And the bear ate the hunter. The hunter got the fur coat, but he was inside the fur coat in a way he didn't want to be. You say, preacher, why do you say that? That's the way Satan is today. Right when we think that maybe we're going to defeat him and we're not going to face obstacles anymore, he says, wait a minute, let's talk about this right here. You know, that's really what he done to Eve. 
He said, just wait a minute. Let's talk about this. And if we think that he will never distract us, boy, we're already distracted. Can I say that again? If we think that Satan will never distract us, then we're already distracted. The devil tries to cozy up to us in order to devour us. But once we are saved, we can overcome him through the blood of the Lamb. I thought about this. The devil a lot of times knows exactly, knows exactly what, to, uh, can I say it this way, what bait to throw out in front of us to catch our attention. He knows exactly how to distract us. I thought about this today. Down through time, down through time, there has been others in our family. We're not the first one in our family tree. Down through time, there has been others. Matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this, but Jacob is my cousin. My uncle Jerry is his grandfather. So his mama is my first cousin, and I am his second cousin. We got to talking about Uncle Jerry the other night and some of the things that are the same with Uncle Jerry and Dad. Uh, some of the things that are the same. Matter of fact, if you was to see us much and talk to us much around each other, you would probably say, I see some similarities because we're of the same bloodline. It's a great bloodline. You're, it's wonderful, isn't it, Jacob? It's a good blood. He said, that's right, praise God. I mean, you're going to argue with him? He wears a size 17. <laughs> he sings how firm a foundation and means it. <laughs> but I thought about this. Somebody back in our bloodline probably had the same weaknesses that we do. Somebody else has the same problems that you do. And Satan has already dealt with somebody that has the same weaknesses that you do. He knows how to take them down and he knows how to take you down. Beware of distractions. He knew maybe what some of Nehemiah's weaknesses was. Here's what I got to thinking about today. Nehemiah was a quote-unquote craftsman. What is Nehemiah doing? He is building a wall. That's what he's doing. Where did they ask Nehemiah to come to? They asked Nehemiah to come to the plain of where? Oh, no. That's where they asked him to come. Well, I began to study Oh, no, and look what I found. I found Oh, no again in Nehemiah chapter number 11. Nehemiah chapter number 11, verse number 35. He's talking about the plains of Judah here. And he's naming them out. But in verse 35, it says, Lot and, oh no, whoa, don't look up here now. Don't read no further. There's oh no again. But then it goes on to talk about oh no, the valley of craftsmen. The valley of of craftsmen. Well, what is Nehemiah doing? Nehemiah is building a wall. Could it be, just think about this with me for a minute, could it be that the devil knew that Nehemiah was building a wall and the devil sent somebody to ask him to come to the valley of craftsmen to cause Nehemiah to think, you know what, 
I may can pick up some information down there that'll help me in this project. They made me some materials or some tools that I can find down there to help me in this project. I'm going to tell you something. The devil will come to you as an angel of light and cause everything to look just fine to you and you better learn how to be aware of distractions. To be aware of distractions. I thought about this. They was trying possibly to get Nehemiah to do things their way. They're trying their best to stop him. But you know what Nehemiah does? He stays the chorus that God has for him. Can I say this to you tonight? I love what's happening at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I love what the Lord's doing. I was talking to somebody, I think it was Miss Bethany this morning we was talking, and, and some people that she works with there at the doctor's office she's working at now, she said that they live in the area and they had got one of our um, flyers in the mail that we sent out in that mail out, and, and they said this, is it really as good as it looks? That's what they ask her. Is it really as good as it looks? Everybody looks friendly. It looks like y'all are happy. Is it really that good? And she said, yes, it's that good. And I said, next time say, name but one way to find out. Come and see for yourself. And, and I love what the Lord is doing. But hear me and hear me well. If we have to change directions to grow, then I just soon stay where we're at. The devil will distract our mind and say, hey, the only way we can pay for that building is to stop, drop, start dropping standards uh, or to start this and to start that. Hear me and hear me well. Nehemiah said, no, uh, here's what God sent me to do. Uh, I'm not going to allow you to distract me. Uh, I'm going to stay the chorus that God has for me. Beware of distractions tonight. Nehemiah saw right through the devil's advocate and the devil's attempt to destroy what God had for his life. How was Nehemiah able to understand the distractions? How was Nehemiah able to pick up on the distractions? How were you and I able to be aware of the distractions? Let me show you three things and we'll go home. Number one, Nehemiah said no to Ono because, did you catch that? No to Ono. How am I going to say no to Ono? How am I going to be aware of the distractions? How am I going to stay close to God? Number one, Nehemiah was able to say no because of, watch this, spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. I thought about this. What did the Bible say in verse number two? Then Sambalad and Gershon sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the plains of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. You see, there's some people out there that will make you think they're excited about what God's doing in your life, but they're really not. They said, hey, man, just come over. Let's cook some hot dogs and hamburgers and let's sit around in the Valley of Craftsman. Since you're building a wall, and let's talk about this thing. You know what? Nehemiah had a spiritual discernment where Nehemiah was able to say, no, I'm not going to join myself to the enemy. Have you ever met somebody that just goes with whatever the flow is? 
They have absolutely zero discernment. We was, Leslie and I was um, riding around the other afternoon. We had a date. And you say, where'd you go? We got on the golf cart and rode over and looked at the buffalo. <laughs> and uh, we was talking. And, and, and we was talking about Olivia and Victoria and Madeline, just like you talk about your kids sometimes. And Leslie and I both come to the conclusion, now the other two's going to get a little bit mad right here, but for the most part, Olivia is the most discerning one of the kids. Usually if Olivia says, mm, I don't know about that one, usually, Brother Tim, you can, you can mark her down. She's usually right on it. But have you ever met some people, they had no discernment at all? They had no discernment. Man, somebody could come by, and 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 selling, uh, uh, they could come by selling oceanfront property in Arizona, and they would purchase it. They have no discernment at all. Hear me and hear me well. If you're going to learn not to be distracted with the things of this world, you're going to have to learn to have some spiritual discernment in your life. You say, preacher, how do you do that? Here's the way that we do that tonight. We, we indoctrinate ourselves with the word of God. If it don't line up with his book, are you hearing me? If it's not lining up with the Bible, then the best thing we can do is get away from it. You say, preacher, and, and I know I mentioned young people a couple of times, I guess because I've been preaching to them a lot here lately in meetings, but you say, preacher, how do I know if that individual is right for me? Well, number one, have you prayed about it? Number two, do they attend a church of like faith? I'm talking about spiritual discernment tonight. Do they attend a church of like faith? Do they use the same Bible that we use? Are you hearing me tonight? I'm preaching real good. I'm, I'm talking about discernment tonight. What are their morals? What are their goals? Do they love Jesus? If you're a girl, do they pray over your meal? Or do you have to say, wait a minute, before we eat, we need to pray. If you ever have to say that, it's time to move on. You say, well, preacher, I'm going to change them. No, they're going to change you. They're going to change you. Spiritual discernment tonight. Nehemiah was able to say no to, oh, no. And no, I'm not going to the Valley of Craftsmen. And no, I'm not going that way. I'm staying the course because he had some spiritual discernment in his life. He had some spiritual discernment. Everything that we do should be backed up and lined up with the word of God. Number one, beware of distractions. How, how, was, how was he able to do that? Through spiritual discernment. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, and, and, and again, I, I'm going to preach to young people here for a minute, but there's application to everybody. A lot of times, young people will um, will say, you know, they go to church and they're trying to live for the Lord and they see somebody else and, and, and they're not living for the Lord. They could care less about the things of God. And a lot of times they'll say this, they're wasting their life. And I agree with you on that statement. If they're not living for God, what is our life anyway? 
It don't matter how successful we are in the world's eyes. What is our, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There is no value on that. But can I tell you something tonight? If you are entertaining the thought of courtship and it does not line up with the word of God, you're wasting your life also. If you're not living your life pleasing to him, man, get some discernment in your life. Learn to pray. Boy, I'm preaching good tonight. Learn to pray and seek the face of God. And, and, and listen to me right here. I had to, I, I sat down with my girls last night and, and, and we had a little powwow. And I had to explain to them that their mother was smarter than they are. I don't know. I don't know if Zeb ever went through a phase in his life that he was smarter than y'all and knew more than y'all. I had to explain to them that Leslie was a very educated person. A lot of people don't know that. Leslie graduated on the dean's list from UNC Greensboro. She's a very educated person. Leslie could be making tons of money right now if she wanted to, but she chooses to give her life to serving God. And I had to explain to them that Mama May did know just a little bit more than they do. The reason we struggle with that sometimes is because there's no discernment. So preach out, I learned discernment. You get in God's Word. It'll give you discernment on every aspect of your, beware of distractions. How is He able to do that? Because of spiritual, number two tonight, let me say this to you. Number two, we need Christians with spiritual discernment. I, I'm telling you, some people come and go with every wave that comes through. They just, they, I'm telling you, brother Judd, they just come and go with every wave that comes through. That, I, I know I've already pointed them out, but let me tell you the reason brother Stan's still here 12 years later is because there's been a little bit of discernment. They spent some things come through. They spent some wolves come through over the past 12 years. And I'm sure they tried to pull them away. And hear me and hear me well. If somebody starts their conversation off with, I don't know about what the preacher preached tonight. You need some spiritual discernment to get up from the table and walk off. Amen. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I just preach a little bit tonight. If some young person starts the conversation with, you know what, the preacher's too hard. You need to get up and walk off. Spiritual discernment, brother. Stan was able to say no. You know what, I may not agree with everything. I may not dot every I the same way or cross every T the same way, but God placed me there. My preacher preaches what's right, and I'm going to stay where God has placed me. Spiritual discernment, man, beware of the distractions, and we do that with spiritual discernment. He said no to these distractions because of spiritual discernment. Number two, he said no to these distractions because of a supreme dedication. Because of a supreme dedication. Look what he said in verse number three. And I sent a messenger unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. There was a supreme dedication. I, um, Robert, Brother Robert and I was talking yesterday and, and we was talking about how our heart breaks because some of the people that was once here is no longer here. And, and that does. It breaks my heart. But I told Brother Robert this. I said, isn't it amazing that the church goes on? Do you hear what I just said? 
Isn't it amazing how when some gets out, it seems that the Lord puts somebody else in their quote-unquote pew, their quote-unquote role. The church goes on, the church continues to grow, and, 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 and God continues to bless the church. Let me tell you the reason why. Because there's always going to be a core that has a supreme dedication. He says, I'm doing a great work. Hear me and hear me well tonight. The work that we are enlisted in at Amazing Grace Baptist Church is a great work. You say, I think there's a greater one somewhere else. Then maybe it's time to go to that one that you think is greater. I think there is no greater nowhere else in the world today. There's no greater church. There's no greater group of people. God has chose to place us here. And there should be a supreme dedication to the call and the calling that God has placed in our life. He said, man, I, I, no, I'm not going nowhere. He said, why should the work cease whilst I come down? He said, why should I walk away from what God has put me to do? I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Will you be here for the dedication service of that new building? Will you be here 10 years from now, 5 years from now? I want to say something to you. I'll say something to you. The, the, the only reason for leaving a doctrinally sound church is if you're moving or they waver on sound doctrine. That's, that's the scripture for leaving a doctrinally sound fundamental church. Now they some that wavers and it's time to go. But when I say I'm talking about doctrinally, fundamentally sound, they're wanting to grow, they're, they're serving God, they're supporting world missions, they're knocking on doors, they're trying to advance the church. Amen. Can I just tell you something tonight? You have no scriptural basis for walking out of Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Amen. You ought to be hollering amen. You're sitting here. Brother Aaron, you have no doctrinal, scriptural reason for leaving Amazing Grace Baptist Church. We preach what's right. We support world missions. We believe in taking care of preachers. We're knocking on doors. We're running bus routes. God's being good to us. Hey, hear me and hear me well. They should be a supreme dedication tonight. God, place me here. I'm not walking away. I'm not going anywhere else. Man, God, put me here. And by the grace of God, I'll die where God put me. A supreme dedication. Here's what happens so many times because of a lack of discernment. We get our eyes off of the supreme dedication. What is the supreme dedication? It's serving God. It's Jesus, first of all. It's Je You know what happens in so many churches? And I want you to hear me tonight. Thank God Roe versus Wade got overturned. Amen. Amen. I'm against that. I, I'm against the, um, uh, uh, the lesbian and gay movement today. It's contrary to the word of God. I'm against it. You know I'm against it. I'm against social drinking. I'm against regular drinking. I'm against wine. I'm against beer. I'm against marijuana. I'm against dressing ungodly. I'm against running around half naked in the world. I'm against everything and I'll move things to be against. You know that. 
But the main thing is this, Jesus. And so many times we get caught up with the trends of today that we forget the main focus of the church. Our supreme dedication is not protesting. Our supreme dedication is preaching Jesus. Yeah, man. Our supreme dedication is not walking up and down the road screaming at people. Our supreme dedication is Jesus. That's our supreme dedication. Amen. You heard about that story, those two little boys, and I'm about done. Y'all heard about that story, those two little boys, didn't you? And they was going to that fishing pond fishing. There was a stock trout pond. And their mama said, whenever they left, said, do you catch us a mess of fish today? And when you come back, we'll clean them and have a fish fry tonight. And they said, well, we'll catch a mess of fish, man. Here's the reason why. It's a stock pond. So they took off down there. They went down there, spent the day down there, came back. And whenever they came back, they didn't have one fish on the stringer. Some of y'all don't know what a stringer is, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Brother Robert, they didn't have one fish on the stringer. And the mama looked at them and said, well, boys, I've got the cornmeal ready. We's going to have hush puppies. We's going to fry fish. We's going to have a big old fish fry tonight. Where's all the fish? And here's what they said. Said, when we got down there, there was a bunch of snakes in that pond. Said, so you know what we done? We picked up rocks and started throwing rocks at those snakes and never even touched our fishing pole. You know what we do so many times in our life? We get our focus on little snakes that pops up and we pick up rocks and throw them like we're holier than thou and we forget the main focus is picking up the fishing rod and catching fish. Amen. You say, preacher, what is it? How do I keep from getting distracted? Number one, there's spiritual discernment, but number two, there's a supreme dedication to the gospel of Christ. To the gospel. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I've enjoyed over the past few weeks, I've enjoyed preaching in the jail with Daddy and Jerry. Man, we, man, I got to preaching in there the other Friday. And, and I'm going to tell you something. They was all back in their cells and they had their food trays opened up. I got to preaching in there. And man, Jacob, I'm telling you, God sat down in that place. I'm telling you, God sat down in there. I got turned loose. Man, I had liberty preaching. I looked, one of them had tears running down his face. And I thought, man, what a time. And you know what? It wasn't my place to go in there and judge them for what they was in there for. It was my place to go in there and give them Jesus. It was my place to go in there and give them Jesus. I'm for standing for what's right. You know that. You know that. But our supreme dedication is Jesus tonight. It's Jesus tonight. Number three. I about said number three. Number three. There's a spiritual discernment. There's a supreme dedication. But then there was a strong determination. He said, yet they sent unto me four times after the same sort, and I answered them after the same manner. What was it? I ain't coming down. I just put it, I ain't coming down. There was a strong determination. You care to come start playing softly, Miss Tandy? You know what? There is people all over that's waiting on you to get off the wall. Some people's heard that that old Randy Castle's got his life straightened out and he's serving Jesus. Has been now for probably 10 or 11 years, hasn't you, Brother Randy? How long y'all been coming? 11 years. 11 years. But you know what? There's still a crowd. There's still a crowd that's waiting on you to get off the wall. There's still a crowd. Robert, how long you been saved? Since 87. That's been a long time, man. 
That's close to, that's over 30 years. That ain't 87, 97, 2007, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's 35 years. No. Yeah. Is that right? Now you don't confuse. You've been saved a long time, ain't you? But you know what? There's still some people waiting. You know what, Miss Kayla? I thought about this when we walked in Sunday school today. God's changed your life. And I guarantee you there's still some out there that's just waiting on you to go back to the lifestyle you used to have. They're just waiting on you to get off the wall. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to determine by the grace of God. But Josh, we don't talk about it much, but man, there's a lifestyle back there that you left years ago. A wicked one. That God delivered you from a, a, a lifestyle of addiction. But there's still a crowd out there waiting. But you know what? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. I ain't going back to it. A strong determination. I'm just going to stay with it. I'm just going to stay with it. I'm just going to stay the course, man. I'm just going to stay the course. What, what's our main thing tonight? It's Jesus tonight. Why do we do what we do? Because of Jesus tonight. We're going to have to have a strong determination tonight. I, 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 um, I, if everybody was here that's been here over the past 15 years, we'd probably be running 700, 800 people right now. And the sad thing about it, a lot of them just don't go to church they're just completely out. They don't go nowhere to church. May we determine. May we determine. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not. Now, God put me in this thing. You better get some spiritual discernment because there's going to be wolves that come through. There's going to be wolves that come through. Hanley Milby's book on wolves in the church. It's very interesting to read. There's going to be wolves that come through the church, and a wolf always goes after the babies. Every time we've ever had a wolf in the church, and, and, and somebody that goes to praying on those that's just got saved, or those, those newer, younger people that comes in, and they go running after them, boy, I, I, my ears perk up, my eyes perk up, and I go to watching them. Because that's what a wolf does a lot of times. Go running after them. We've had some come through. We'll have some more come through. Matter of fact, I'm not so sure that we didn't have some come through not long ago. Lord just, Lord just went ahead and moved them on. But we got quiet right there. God will let the preacher see some things he won't let nobody else see. Better get some spiritual discernment in your life. Young people, you better get some spiritual discernment in your life. Hey, I, 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 I'm done. I'm done. Some of you young people has laid some things out in your life uh, of, of, of dating regulations. Can I put it that way? If they're not this, this, and this, and I'm not going to don't you drop that. Don't you drop that. Don't you back away from that. If they don't meet up to that requirement, then they're not the best for your life. God we, you don't have to settle for second best as a young person. You don't have to settle for second. God's got the best for you. Amen. 
God will give you a young lady, young man that will serve God and be faithful to the house of God. Young ladies, God will give you a young man that will serve God, that will pray over your meals. If he's not the spiritual leader in the relationship, something's wrong. God never intended, I might just pull up and preach a while, God never intended for a woman to be the spiritual leader in a dating relationship or in a marriage. Amen. Some spiritual discernment. Because what's going to happen 99.99% of the time, they're going to tear you down instead of you bringing them up. Spiritual discernment. Man, learn those things. Remember, hey, look, our, our supreme calling is this. It's Jesus. It's, don't get caught up with this and that. Don't get caught up with debates on Facebook. I get so tired of seeing preachers argue on Facebook. That, the world would... Our world and our church, our churches would probably have revival, Brother Matt, if Facebook would blow up. If Facebook would blow up. I'm just being honest with you. The only reason I keep one is because our church page runs off of it. And if I delete mine, our church page is gone. You say, well, we can start again. Well, we can, but I don't want to go back down that road again. Don't get caught up. Man, the main focus is Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Man, tell them Jesus loves them. Jesus will change their life. And be determined. You're going to stay with it. You're not wavering with the crowd. You're staying with it. Father.